What's up, everybody? It, you know who it is. It is Corey Riley, aka Siley Games, for just another horror movie podcast. The first official movie podcast on this channel, and many, many more. I am joined by today Captain Britannia himself, the Marvel loving, Twitch streaming, odds odd. Hey, how's it going, guys? <laughs> you like that? Yeah, <laughs> I am I also joined. I'm sorry, I only I only gave the uh, the super cool intro thoughts to uh, Mr. Odds out here, but I am also joined by the movie fanatic himself, Jonathan Ross. Good afternoon. Welcome to the show. Welcome to the show. And of course, you guys have seen him before. He's been on my first official podcast of any type right here on Side of the Games. It is Benny Frozen Fire Radford. What's good, you guys? How's it going, everybody? I hope you guys are having a fantastic day. I want to give a good shout out to the people watching live in the chat. We've got Bear Camper, we've got to Thomas, we've got Digi, the usual suspects on Siley Games. And today, ladies and gentlemen, I am so, 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 so very excited to bring to you The Shining. Now, I want to give you some basic info. The Shining has a runtime of 2 hours and 26 uh, minutes, released on May 23rd, 1980. So it is now... Whew, 41 years old um crazy to think about that um directed of course by stanley kubrick um screenplay by stanley kubrick and uh, diane johnson based on stephen king's the shining novel um and we'll talk about the uh the relations between stanley kubrick and uh stephen king um as we go forward um starring jack nicholson shelly duvall and danny lloyd as well as scatman crothers if i'm saying that right uh, the music was done by Wendy Carlos and Rachel Elkind. Uh, cinematography by John Alcott, who worked with Kubrick on many films before. Um, 2001 A Space Odyssey, A Clockwork Orange, Barry Lyndon. And it, of course, was distributed by Warner Brothers. And I will tell you guys, I, I'm going to go ahead. I've got some fun facts here. Um, one of which is, is, is really funny to me is that um, if you guys have seen the movie, you know that um, Jack Nicholson has this incredible performance and you see, you see his, uh, his slow descent into madness as we go through. And something funny that I read, I don't know if this is necessarily true, I have not fact-checked a bunch of these, so we're just rolling with it. Um, but if supposedly that uh, Jack Nicholson absolutely hates, 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 hates cheese sandwiches. And apparently for two weeks up, leading up to the production of The Shining, he ate literally nothing but cheese sandwiches. Um, so he did this in order to kind of just kind of like get this into character where he was just absolutely hating life, just disliking everything. And I think you can see you can see the fact that he's not happy in those 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 long thousand yard stairs that he has in the movie. Um, it's pretty cool. Uh, I, you seemed like that was a definite surprise for you, Jonathan. I figured you might you might know that one. <laughs> no, I didn't didn't know um, that he only ate cheese sandwiches. Yeah, so a um, cu couple cool things there. Um, another fun fact, I do want to go off and kick off with some of these first, is that Danny Lloyd, um, the child star who plays, of course, Danny in this movie, didn't know that he was shooting a horror movie. The entire time that he was in this movie, he had no clue that he was shooting a horror movie. Um, they told him that this was going to be a drama, um, and he actually didn't get to see the film until he was uh, 16. He was five years old at the time that he made the movie. Um, so I think that's really, really cool. Um, and when he actually saw the movie, he said he didn't find it scary because <laughs> he saw, um, he saw everything being made behind scenes. So it was something that he didn't really, he didn't really find too scary. Um, and I've got one more fun fact. We'll hit some fun facts. Um, and I, if you've got, if you guys have any, I'll let you uh, hit it too. 
um, but another one is that the famous uh, here's Johnny line was actually improv um, Jack Nicholson took it from um, what was it the uh, the Tonight Show starring Johnny Carson um, where he uh, I forget I don't know if um, Ed McMahon introduces Johnny Carson saying here's Johnny and then he for some reason Jack Nicholson felt the need to do that and I'll tell you what man it worked <laughs> like for no reason whatsoever it definitely works because that's one of the most iconic iconic scenes in the whole movie um in, in my personal opinion um jonathan do you have any fun facts for the about the movie that you know personally uh some fun facts i know about the movie um well first and foremost to that moment specific and a little bit less about the moment but johnny or jack is often a uh like a nickname for somebody who has the name john or jonathan so that his name is jack uh, the Johnny line kind of works out can canonically as well. I mm -hmm. probably mispronounced the hell out of that. Doesn't um, matter. We're rolling with it. <laughs> but uh, but let's see. Um, Shelley Duvall and Stanley Kubrick did nothing but fight the entire time that they made that movie. He's largely the reason that we don't see oh. her. Shelley Duvall being Wendy, of course. Yeah. Um, so pretty big reason we don't see her anymore is a lot of the kind of aftermath of of The Shining. Um, what are some other stuff? Some fun facts. Let's see. The room in the Shining movie, two thirty-seven, is not what it was in the book. It was two seventeen. Um, and yeah, and, I don't want to throw to piggyback, too many facts, but to piggyback off of that one, the reason why that change happened is because the owners of the, uh, I believe it's the Stanley Hotel, is where it's actually filmed um, and yeah. based off of. Is uh, they didn't want people to not want that room to stay in um and what's funny about that is that when they changed it uh 217 uh because they changed it to 237 is because in at the actual stanley hotel there is no room 237 it does not exist funny enough as you said in the book it's called uh 217 right mm -hmm. um funny enough that room is the most requested stayed uh room in the entire hotel and it has been that way since the movie came out so it, they could have just kept it and they could have rolled with it but they didn't, and that's kind of that's kind of how it went. Um, I want to go ahead and um, we'll we'll sprinkle some little fun facts as we get through and start talking about things that are related to whatever we're talking about. But um, want to go ahead and get some basic like first impressions because I know myself and Odds here saw this movie for the first time this week. Um, so yes. w neither of us have ever seen this movie before. Um, and I've seen it twice since we, since I, uh, decided that we were going to do this podcast. One, the first time, um, I spent the entire movie kind of just, what is going on? Because it's like, yeah. and that's, that was my general impression for, for most of it. And I was of course along for the ride. And I'll tell you the exact moment when we get to it, where I was just completely invested, but I really loved it. I, I personally, I, I loved the movie. I thought it was um, much more enjoyable the second time I watched it, though, because I kind of had, I kind of had this idea of where it was going, and I was able to see things I definitely didn't see before. Kind of understand um, the ideas and direction that um, Kubrick was taking this movie, um, because obviously there is some differences from the novel, which I have not read. Um, Jonathan has read about three fourths of it. You said, um, yeah. And we'll get to that. Um, Benny, um, uh, actually, hold on. So, I, I basically, I, I really, I really loved it, and um, I thought it was a fantastic movie. And as much as I was a little bit confused watching it the first time, the second time definitely cleared up a lot of things for me. And either way, whether or not I think 
if anybody dislikes this movie, I think it's almost unarguably a well, well, well-made movie. Like, everything about this movie is just so well done. Um, we'll, and we'll get into really specific details. I just want to keep it broad for right now. But I, I liked it a lot. I liked it a lot. And I want to go ahead and I want to go ahead and kick it to Odds Odd because this man is not a huge horror movie fan. Um, he's never seen this movie either. So I want just your broad first impressions of it, okay? Go for it. Right, well... First time I watched it, I think I was in very much in the same boat as you. I had absolutely no idea what was going on. Um, sort of, I under, sort of understood what was going on, but not why or how. Right, um, and so I actually watched it for the second time with subtitles on this time. Um, just and I finished doing that like an hour ago. So um, I definitely picked up a lot more the second time and i think that's just that is just me with like every movie that exists ever is sort of you know i I, oh, I feel like it's the same with a lot of people actually is they'll sort of pick up a lot more things with with the second time they watch it um overall, so impression. Sec- overall impression i wouldn't call it a horror movie more a thriller yes, it didn't really that's scare true. me that much that is very true that is very true and that is a caveat i'd like to say this is just another horror movie podcast um it's kind of a broad umbrella for what we're talking about this month because while there is horror movies this is technically more so a thriller um it's not like super jump scary there's definitely some like unsettling things in this movie that make you uncomfortable um but yeah. i wouldn't say it's like the the normal generic idea of what a horror movie is but it's where we're putting it today so um but yeah so like i mean what did you what did you personally think of the movie like uh, compared to other movies that you've seen like how do you feel about it other movies just in general or in other general movies? yeah yeah just movies um, in general. well i mean you obviously you've gotten me to watch a movie here that i wouldn't have watched like by choice otherwise right like obviously it's i do agree that it's a very good movie it's been very well made but it's definitely not a movie that i would choose to watch right mm. um so it's definitely not you know like in on my list of like favorite movies of all time mm-hmm. but but i mean i think obviously like you said before it is a well-made movie you know despite regardless of what you have to say about it especially for its time as well because obviously it was made so long ago now um the production value on it just seems you know like it's almost hard to believe that it was made so long ago honestly. it's it's nuts it's nuts but overall yeah. you're not like super super hot on it because it's not your necessarily type of movie am i wrong in saying that yeah no exactly you know okay. like okay okay yeah okay all right um so jonathan i'm gonna save you for last because i know you got a lot to bring to the table i want to go ahead and talk to benny who i know personally loves this movie but i want him to tell us uh, just your basic opinions besides that yeah um well as you know like as you just said i have uh really loved this movie ever since i first was able to watch it like oh my gosh i've seen this like 20 billion times now but i got to rewatch it again like today so with rewatching it i noticed little things that i didn't even know that i didn't notice before which i'll get into a little bit later on of course because mm-hmm. we won't get into details right now but overall really do love the movie um like Oz was saying, it is definitely a more of a thriller movie than a horror movie, for sure, in for my sure. opinion. Um, but like, of course, I can still see how the horror aspect is still like implemented into this movie and everything. So, it really is. I think it's just really, really cool, and especially like with the soundtrack and everything that builds it up and everything. 
It's yeah, just, and, and we'll get to that because, movie. wow, yeah. the score, the score. Um, all right, so, yeah, go ahead, Jonathan. Tell us what you thought. You ever feel like you're going to be that guy? Because that's kind of what I feel like right now. Um, but, no, I, I love The Shining. Um, and I'll be honest, the first time I watched it, I didn't love it, much like mm-hmm, Odds. I, mm-hmm. I was kind of like, okay. Um, and I wasn't, I wasn't necessarily scared by anything, nor am I now. But um, I just thought there was a point in my life when I thought that a horror movie's only intention, only thing it had to do was to scare you. And if it didn't mm-hmm. scare you, where as I think horror is more relative now. Um, but if it didn't scare me then, then it wasn't a good horror movie. Now I look at it and I realize some of the stakes that there are and I consider those things a little bit more perhaps now that I'm more grown up. Um, and I very much think it's a horror movie in the same way that a movie like Hereditary is a horror movie mm. um, because it's it's based more around the, the stakes, the danger of what there is to lose. Um, and if you take anything out of that movie and plant it into your real life, ask yourself how it's going to make you feel. It's going to be terrifying so is it a horror movie now or is it still just uh something that is is kind of airs airs more on the drama side and that there's an argument to be made for that as well certainly but um i think it is a horror i think that horror is a little bit more of a spectrum than maybe i thought um when i was younger but i also a hundred percent get and could easily make a counter argument against myself as to why it's it's not a horror movie I, I fully agree, and I think that's a great point, saying that if you took these circumstances that are happening to these characters in this movie and applied them to your life, I think we could probably all very safely say that this could be definitely a horror movie, because, <laughs> man, dude, like, the fact that there's there's so many things going on between, between the character that is the Overlook Hotel itself, um, between what's happening to Danny, um, his, his shine... Um, think the, the 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 descent that Jack Nicholson's character Jack Torrance is funny funny that Jack and Danny both are named after the first names of the actors. But anyway, um, I think uh, I think it's definitely could I think it's not just a horror movie but also a thriller. But I think it definitely falls under those 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 umbrellas because like you said, take it, apply it to your life. That shit's scary. <laughs> so yeah. like I mean, if you're walking down the hallway and you start to see blood coming out of this elevator as you're walking up I, i'll tell you what you're gonna be scared <laughs> so yeah it's, it's a very good point jonathan it's a very good point um so yeah i mean i it, see we all like um we all definitely appreciate this movie whether or not we're super into it um is another thing um but i do want to start talking about like more and more specific details because man this movie has a lot going on there is like there is there this is definitely like a cinema, I would I would say it's a cinematic masterpiece for a number of reasons. Um, besides, like I said, whether or not you think it's like your thing or whether you love this movie or like it or dislike it, it's definitely a, cin- a cinematic masterpiece because there's so many like artful things going on throughout this movie that carry it through and showcase all these wonderful things that these these creator these these creators these artists are doing to bring to the movie. Um, and I want to talk about the score first off. Like I said, it was uh, the music was by Wendy Carlos and Rachel Elkind or Elkind, whatever, how you ever you want to say it. I apologize. I'm sure you're going to be watching this podcast later, but um, I, I think it's I think this score does so much for this movie. Um, the entire time, 
and and I um I was actually taking notes um on my phone as I watched it the first time, and then I also watched it the second time with some notes. Um, and something that the score does, I think, where did I write it down? Um, I've never been so scared of Tuesday before. <laughs> if if you understand what I mean, um, the way that the movie, the way that the chapters of the movie are kind of like the scenes are paced. Um. There is, uh, it, it, it starts, I think it starts in, where was it, like uh, September 30th is the first time you see everything going on in the movie, and then it, they get, Jack gets the job, and then as the caretaker of the Overlook Hotel, and it then cuts to a month later, which would be October 30th or October 31st, um, and then from there on out, we start getting days. Um, like, we get Tuesday, we get Wednesday, Monday, Thursday, uh, whatever, and then time as it goes on. Um, but the way that the score is pacing this movie, and then it's like, it's like tension, 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 and then it's like, Tuesday! <laughs> and I swear to God, dude, it made me like, oh, Jesus, dude, like, it made me, it didn't, like, scare me, but it, like, made me jump a little bit, just because of the way that the music is set. Um, and Jonathan, I want to throw it to you, what, what's your, what's your, what's your opinion on the score? Because I, I, I think it's fantastic. Uh, um... Dun, 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 um, yeah, no, I mean, they created, um, and you see this a lot in like the 70s and 80s, uh, they created one of the greatest kind of like, uh, uh, temple theme songs for a movie that, that there ever was, and a lot of times they had those, the same thing, they kind of centered around horror movies in that period, but, um, uh, the, the significance of that score is, I'm so glad it wasn't lost, on you guys as newer viewers because I first showed the movie to uh, my girlfriend a little over a year ago now um, kind of in that like man I hope she likes this it's an older movie um, and I'm, I'm worried that you know a lot of people just don't like the pacing of older movies and mm -hmm. so this one especially is very deliberately paced it is and a bit so, of a slow burn but it's, yeah, it's and, it still works yeah no and I think it works uh, kind of not uh kind of because of that rather than in spite of um mm. and uh like halfway through the movie i there was this moment i don't remember the exact moment but i think he was maybe rolling down the hallway on his trike and she, mm. she was like can you pause this a second it's like yeah yeah yeah. she's like this movie is changing the way that i look at movies and in that moment i was like oh my god i showing her this movie was like an accidental brilliant decision um and and then she expressed that it was largely because of how the music uh, carried the scenes um, and how it built tension and it knew when to give up and when to when to throw it on and mm -hmm. and it did it so well. And as someone who and I'm speaking uh, for her, but not for her, but as someone who really she wasn't a big horror movie fan and one of the other movies we watched and we i took her to on a date it's a weird weird choice for a date movie but it was midsummer uh another <laughs> almost three hour long quote-unquote horror movie that you could yeah, argue is yeah. not a horror movie um and she loved that and so i kind of like found her her niche there um mm. but that's another movie where it's deliberately paced it's score driven um and no, I think I think that bringing up the score is a great a great uh, choice because so much of that movie hinges on having that score. I would almost 
love to see a version where they they take the score out altogether and it's, it's just completely silent and to Holy see how shit. you react then it's either going to be dude be 10 times scarier or you're going to be like oh this is this is nothing that's but, such that's such an interesting idea because i think personally i think that the score is really honestly what makes this movie arguably scary and it's i say scary but i i sort of mean more suspenseful because like i like to my point earlier i've never been scared of tuesday is just it, that is a perfect example that it like it, it takes these things that you're just going through time but it's creating this suspense where like the music's building and building and building and building and then it literally just smacks you in the face with a scene change and the music changes and it's like it's like whoa, like I I almost got like it's like it's like getting whiplash as you're going through this. Um, yeah. But it's it's so well done. Um, and it's obviously, more of a Monday moment. Say again. I was say it's definitely more of a Monday moment than a Tuesday moment. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah, fair enough. Um, but um, guys, feel free to feel free to chime in. You guys don't have to like we don't have to take turns anymore. Um, we're just gonna have free flow discussion as we go through this. But um, well, I can give it to you if you want me to. But uh with sort of what you guys are talking about with the whole score thing and being scared of the tuesday obviously i definitely agree that you know it sort of it built it up and then it sort of just scene change right nothing really happened mm -hmm. um and it sounds to me how you guys are describing it you guys are describing it as as sort of like a in an incredible choice right and i'm sure if i sort of got if i understood what was going on I'm sure I probably would too, but it's when I sort of watched it, even the second time I watched it, I was I was just confused because I was like, because especially the second time I watched it, I knew what was going to happen. It was just going to be a scene change, and so I was like, like, why is the music building up so much? It just, it just felt <laughs> so random and weird. But because um, I used to study music technology as well, so this is something that I would have to look into and sort of try my best to understand. But clearly. Clearly, I didn't do, you know, clearly, and real quick, I want to, I want to bring the score discussion to a full stop real quick. And I, I, this is something that I should have done. I do want to get a little bit of background from each of you guys, just like Odd said, um, with his background in like music technology. Um, I want to personally say that I have always loved movies. Um, but I, in my adult life, I have switched to, I have broadened my horizons on movies because in the household that I grew up, and <laughs> it's funny nowadays, but we watched The Matrix, Pirates of the Caribbean. Um, we were watching, uh, um, uh, there's, there's so, so many movies like that, like these franchises and these like, uh, my, my dad was a huge uh, Steven Seagal fan, Sylvester Stallone, uh, and, he, and these were the movies that I grew up on. And um, I was always big into like cartoons and anime as I grew up. And th that was kind of like how I started getting into entertainment. Um, these days, again, in my adult life, I have come into acting, uh, me personally, as well as loving acting performances, um, in movies and TV shows and voice acting and anime and that's what I'm most passionate about is the acting perspective but um, something that Jonathan said about um, his girlfriend saying that this movie kind of changes the way that you looked at movies I fully agree with that because I found myself even the first time I was watching this I found myself looking at the movie and just noticing these things like that's such an interesting choice to make that shot. And we'll get to cinematography. Just kind of pan and follow them the entire time. And I was very aware of it. And I was like, these are, I don't know why it's interesting, but everything about this is just interesting choices. Um, 
and it's hard to explain maybe Jonathan as we get to cinematography later we can talk about that more but um for me it's it's acting and just movies and entertainment in general um as well as twitch streaming now has become a huge part of my life but acting and voice acting is definitely my like niche and that's what I love about watching movies and everything um odds can you go a little bit deeper into like your music technology background your music background uh yeah well so if obviously if you don't know me i now study software engineering so i've sort of gone away from that now um but you know obviously music technology it was all about you know studio recording so like if a band came in we would have to set up microphones you'd have to compose and my favorite which is relates to all of this right is i think it was a unit called um composition for the visual arts or something hmm. which is which is literally hey they you know they, they they would give us a scene from a movie they would strip the audio and they would say try your best to see if you can make some sort of musical you know composition that sort of follows the scene as it goes okay. through yeah um that's interesting and so for example with the tuesday thing right yeah you know um obviously the the um i can i can't remember the names but the the, the kid and the mother chasing danny through and the maze, wendy right? danny and wendy danny and wendy going through the maze right and it's building up yeah, on that tuesday yeah. right yeah exactly say I, was, say, say I was given that scene i would have done it so much more differently because obviously yeah. you know, like, it's, well, i don't get it but uh but with the same with you as well is sort of to move on from that is i've always sort of been into movies as well um mm. I think you sort of, it was part of my introduction earlier, but uh, I am a big, I am a, very much into Marvel. And, you know, yes, if this whole yes. thing was about Marvel, I'd, I'd, I'd be able to bring a lot to the table. But, and uh, that's why I called you Captain Britannia. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there you go. Um, yeah, no, but exactly. yeah okay okay um benny Absolutely. uh because i want to make sure that we're given enough uh voice time to each of us uh go ahead and mm -hmm. hit me with it benny give me your background on like movies and entertainment because i know you do y'all let you explain oh. yes so i actually went the opposite way for school i actually started off software engineering and then i ended up graduating with my music degree my music <laughs> technology degree actually so that's awesome yeah, so i am the opposite way um, so I've been doing that for, I've been doing music for whew, ever since I was six years old. I've been loving everything about that as well as like acting and stuff. I've been doing musicals around the same time. Yeah. I've been in 72 musicals and shows overall. Nuts. So I've been in a lot. So as well as I've done a lot of things with like, um, I've been able to do some internships over at studios. I've been able hey. to like actually be an audio engineer. What's up? And you, you and I spent some time at the same college together too. Am I wrong? Uh, yes. Yeah, so it's you are slightly wrong because you're saying the same college. Uh, yeah, for... where where I did theater and everything. Oh yeah, yes, 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 yes. Yeah. yeah okay, okay. So okay. we're that's where yeah that's where I was able to get my um, I think that was my first one of my first few years uh, mm -hmm. i was able to actually like do that stuff it was really cool i loved it there um awesome but school. now it's been a thing where i've had the chance to be able to not only be like at colleges and stuff for any like theater and music and stuff i've been able to do it like outside of that stuff but with that being said uh when it comes to the movie and everything i really really do think that the music and the scoring and the soundtrack in general i think everything really did tie in to like the effect that the movie will put Ooh. on now, now now hang on now hang on hang on i want to i want to keep it to personal backgrounds before we get back into the movie discussion oh yeah, yeah, yeah. okay um, okay so so i see you want to get back into it so let me throw it over to jonathan and yes. give his background yeah. and then we'll get back to it 
Yeah, you're good. Um, all right. Well, I love. I already knew Corey. Uh, did some acting. I love hearing that you did as well, uh, Benny. And I, I love the kind of backwards connection that you and Oz That's have. So um, funny. I, 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 I just love too. like weird like. What, what's the word I, I shit, want here? Weird uh, shit like that. <laughs> yeah, coincidental. Yeah, coincidental yeah. shit. Uh, irony was the word I wanted. I knew that wasn't correct because we misused irony all the time. Um, Ironic. Uh, I, and the reason I love that, Benny, and you may not know about this about me, um, I think I've shared it with Corey, is I used to be an actor. And I, I don't know that one stops being an actor. Um, but I got my degree in theater performance. Um, but what i had always wanted to be and i thought acting was a shortcut to but it turns out it's a parallel road that really only connects if you know the right people is a writer um i've been writing since i was eight years old uh and at eight years old i knew that's what i wanted to do was to write um i'm 32 now so i've known that for a very long time uh i spent most of my 20s uh and before that but most of my 20s as a cognizant adult uh trying to be an actor or not trying. If you do it, you are. Yeah, um, this will yeah. make that clear to the audience. If you it's do true. something, it's you true. are that thing, whether or not people think you're good at it or not. Um, and uh, I, I went, I did some Atlanta, had my agent, did the auditions and for Walking Dead and things that you've heard of. Um, and uh, ultimately, not because I wasn't getting roles, because I didn't spend a lot of time doing it before I said. Oh, oh. I started. Oh. Oh, oh can you hear me? Now you're, yeah. back, you're um, back, you're back, you're back. Uh, so I, I realized I was uh, doing something that I only partly loved, and it was taking a time away from the thing that I knew that I was better at, even though I had my theater awards and blah, 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 blah. Um, I wanted to write. And so now, now I, uh, during the day, I'm a videographer and photographer, and uh, at night or as soon as I clock out of that place, um, mm -hmm. I become – uh, screenwriter. So, you know, I'm about to finish writing my feature. I started writing um, my second uh, pilot for television. Very um, cool. So, so that's kind of kind of where I'm at. I haven't worked with Corey yet. I talked to him a couple years ago about doing a short film, and a thing called COVID happened. Um, we'll, we'll make it work. No worries. <laughs> but but uh, I did have this little. I you know I, I while I'm here and I know. You guys, I might have to throw something together that we can work on together. But, yeah, uh, we'll, so that's, we'll, that's we'll fly odds out because he's in the UK. We'll bring him over here. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we'll get odds over here. Oh, and I'm a, I'm a diehard Stephen Stephen King fan on top of being a movie nerd. So okay, well, okay. I so guess you've got. I guess to um, sorry, would you? Like no, go this? for it. Go for oh, it. Go for all right. It. To sort of, I suppose, add on to this to uh, all of this, right? Is I think Siley knows this. Not many people know this, but I've always sort of had like a secret deep down passion for like voice acting that sort of idea uh, and real quick uh, we we've been messing around with that a little bit on the twitch channel playing games that don't have voiceover <laughs> and doing the voiceover it's been a lot of fun and we're gonna do some more yeah. of that actually um he's got another game that's coming up that we're going to do that with um we'll do the plugs and stuff at the end of the show but we'll talk about yeah, all yeah. that um but yeah that's been a lot of fun go on with the voice acting though but a uh, bit of a sort of funny and harsh story that i'd like to tell people is uh there was a time in secondary school which i think is high school for you guys but i might be wrong mm. uh but i was in school i was in drama class and um the teacher sort of said asked the class hey who here would like to pursue some sort of like drama or acting right and sort of everyone put their hands up and i put my hand up and he went around to every single person and told them if that if he thought that they had the chance or not and he said 
he thought everybody had a chance but me right <laughs> so it's sort of it's been a dream but it's sort of been, it's something that i've always been sort of put off with sort of due to oh, that fact man. right oh, dude Damn. listen denzel's college professor told him that he would never be a successful actor denzel washington yeah. he's denzel washington mm -hmm. so yeah but man hey recently, yeah only recently I've, I've i've thought you know what fuck that guy <laughs> like i'm gonna <laughs> i'm gonna try and find some way to do something and you know i'm trying nah, man and we'll do it we'll keep doing stuff like that on the uh on our respective yeah. twitch channels as well and um uh, i've got some ideas for other ones past that from what you're doing too so um just yeah, to bring yeah. it back to uh so that's everybody uh bring it back to the score benny you were saying uh you were ta about yeah. to transition back into the score so go ahead and lead off if you remember <laughs> where you were to back yeah to so um Kind of what I was another thing I was going to mention before was the fact of like we had a class that was like it was basically where we took the audio from films and stuff and we either changed it, did all these things. It was, it it. was called our audio for film. Uh, it was our audio for film class. That's where we had our opportunity to basically not only dub things, but also to be able to like add in like the actual scores or the soundtracks into the actual mute or into the actual like videos and stuff and kind of make it our own twist and everything so with that being said this like this whole entire movie like their whole entire score like everything that they had and it was starting to build up to and stuff really really kind of hit hard every single time because like it was little things that they were doing in the scores that were actually helping out with the storytelling overall so, like, for instance, when, um, before it even gets anywhere near as wild as it does towards the end, um, yeah. towards the very beginning when it was, like, the, um, I believe it was Jack when he was talking with the, um, the general manager owner? of the hotel. Yeah, the general manager. Yeah, Thank yeah, you. Yeah, yeah. Uh, he was talking with him, just, like, um, trying to get the job and everything, and then when he got it, boom, perfect. During that time, there was a part in the score that it was, like, kind of, like, a mystery type of like uh it was a mystery type of vibe with it which is really weird because like when you first are watching you're like hmm that's an interesting choice of music choice for that yeah, okay yeah. and then after a while it starts to be more of a revealing type of tone and then it starts to get into the point where it gets suspenseful and starts building up building up building up to the point where it hits and it's just boom you're like whoa okay that's a big transition got it there's so, so really much cool build in this movie. There's so much build, and I think that's 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 pretty much what this movie is. Is it's it's building, 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 yeah. and it comes to a head at the end, and it's just I think and I think uh, a lot of that is definitely attributed to the score, like we were talking about. Um, I think uh, I think all the choices that they made are definitely, like I was saying, are very very interesting, and like they, when I say interesting, I don't mean just like, um, hmm, hmm. I mean like it's it's a choice and it stands out and it's like that captures my attention and that's what i mean by that um and so i want to throw it back over to jonathan about uh about the score to wrap up this whole like kind of the the, uh, the music section of the shining um actually real quick jonathan um talking about uh score specifically is something that i wanted to mention was when danny is experiencing the shining that has its own like music it has its own like theme that's different than the rest of the movie and i think that itself is very 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 cool because when you're experiencing that almost for the first well for the first time he's brushing his teeth and he's talking to tony 
which is a whole other thing um, <laughs> that he you start to feel that build and they use that that theme every single time that he's shining throughout the movie um, and I thought that was a really cool choice um, because it comes back multiple times like when he's talk when they're doing the tour with the uh, with the cook with um, with um, I think his dick was his name um, yeah. and they're doing they're doing the tour and he's talking about and he calls him doc and he's like and then he and then he's in there talking about the uh, talking about the the dried goods to Wendy and it's like you hear the theme building and building and building and it's like and it cuts back and forth from from Danny to to Dick and it's like and it, and you see, and you hear him say it's like would you like some ice cream doc and it's like as the theme is just going crazy and it's like damn son like i i thought that was a really cool choice and oh you're frozen try again Ooh. all right <laughs> so there you go. <laughs> we may have lost him. Um, but uh, until he comes back, uh, just to... I suppose to sort of like add on, it was obviously, it was very interesting to see how he then asked him if he wanted ice cream sort of with his, you know, moving his yeah, mouth afterwards. Yeah, 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 yeah. I thought I thought that whole that whole thing was cool, and just to keep it connected with the music, um, I thought I thought that was a really cool theme choice um, because that happens continuously throughout the film. And there he's oh. back. What's up, Jonathan? Okay, what's up? There you go. I... Yeah, there you go. You're back. Not sure what's happening in here. No worries. No I, worries. I can hear everything you guys say, so it's really weird when you couldn't see or hear me or whatever. So to go back on to the, 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 the Shining theme itself, not the movie The Shining, but when Danny is shining. Yeah. Um, so, uh, so I didn't get a chance to uh, re-watch it because it's such a long movie and I, true. I won't get into it. It's very true. Very um, true. But uh, the particular like uh, music you're referring to it's not even music, right? It's like a well, I mean, technically it is, but it's it's like a droning type yeah, sound. Yeah, is yeah. what we're talking about? Yeah, that's okay. like screeching yeah, yeah. and it builds. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and I think that's almost that's like a mechanic in like every piece of uh, music in this movie. You've got that that's kind of dedicated to Danny, and then anytime Jack is going on a rampage, the horns mm -hmm. that I was mimicking a second ago—that's kind of his thing. It is the theme of the movie as well, yeah. but you see it repeatedly when you know you you know shit's gonna go down when you hear that yeah. um and you know that danny is kind of in his little shining trance when uh when you hear the whatever mm -hmm, that that mm -hmm. sound is um and you mentioned uh dick o'halloran calling him uh doc which connects to the sequel which i know we're gonna yes, kind of stay away yes. from but it's because he referred to him as Doc in the first story. Yeah, yeah, and, and that's oh, I didn't even think about that because obviously I've not seen Doctor Sleep. I know odds is not either. You two up there have probably seen Doctor Sleep, uh, which is the sequel to this movie. Odds. Yeah. Um, yeah, I didn't even know how yeah. the sequel. Um, start, and we're and hey, you know what? If if you guys are into this and you're loving it, we might just do this again uh, for specifically for that at another time. Um, so that could if be I, cool. If I may, real quick, I, I'm not going to go into it. But odds, honestly, uh, if you, you didn't love The Shining because of uh, you're not a huge horror person, there's a pretty good chance you'll dig Dr. Sleep a decent amount, I would say. Okay, okay. It, it steps a little out of the horror realm mm. more. Um, and if you do get to watch it, this is for everybody out there. Again, I don't want to get into the story or anything about for sure, that. For sure, for sure. Um, but if you are going to watch it, watch the director's cut. Um, okay. It's 30 minutes longer 
and mm. it's much more substantial as far as okay. uh, its connections back to this movie. And I since mean, Odds it, and I haven't seen it, we might watch it. I might stream it on Discord one time. We can watch it together. Yeah, there you maybe. Go. So, um, well, I see it was released in 2019, so it's a lot more. It's very new, new and modern, and yeah, featuring yeah. one of my one of my personal favorite actors, Ewan McGregor. Love that guy. Oh um, yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Um, oh, so yeah. yeah, that could be something that we could do at some point if you guys are down for it. Obviously, we are going to be doing three more podcasts this month, and we'll get into it. Um, but I definitely want to continue to do podcasts, and I might, if you guys are into it, might have you back on again to do sequels of the movies that we're reviewing because I think that could be fun. I think that could be cool um but yeah so i think that's uh do you have anything anyone has anything else they want to say about the music Um, then let's get to the uh let's get to the cinematography because holy fucking shit dude this movie the way this movie is shot i am just uh, there's no other way to say it i'm in love with it i love every like just about every single shot in this movie and there's so many that could just be a wallpaper because the way that go on Go on. Oh, I was I was gonna let you go on. Go on. So uh, <laughs> the way that they uh like there's there's the opening because it starts off obviously with the with the horns in the background, right? The horns you said, right? Um, as as the the score is showing you showing you where they're going because I think it's in uh, what is it Oregon, I believe, um, where the hotel is, um, and they're going up this uh, mountain. Tr- what's that? Colorado. Yeah, oh, is it? Colorado. Oh, okay, Colorado. Yeah. Um, so they're showing this, like this mountain trail as this music's going. And I, I, I watched it on my TV in the living room the first time, which was okay. It's an okay TV, but then I watched it again on a 4k TV and damn son, like those shots are just so impressive. And I'll say, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, on my second viewing, I noticed the shadow of the helicopter. I just wanted to throw that in there <laughs> um, because I didn't see that the first time. But then I was I was looking at this whole big TV and I see in the bottom corner. I was like, oh, yeah, there, yeah, it's a helicopter. I was wondering how they did this shot. Figured it was a helicopter. Um, but I think that's one of that's definitely one of my favorite things about this movie is the cinematography and how that connects with the setting, because we'll, we'll, we're going to pair together cinematography and scenery in this little segment here, because hot damn are the sets like oh man they are so good in this movie especially some of the uh the like the stranger ones like like the the red bathroom the uh the green bathroom the fucking the as you see in the background of the podcast the hexagonal like carpeting um and the whole hotel and and then the maze like everything is just so so interesting to me and i thought i i'm not 100 percent sure but obviously John Alcott was the one who did the cinematography. I'm sure he worked very, very closely with Kubrick about his vision. Uh, so I don't know who's influencing who on the way that they wanted to do things. But whoever made these decisions to do these long panning shots of like just just them walking along the maze and then then, then following them through the maze, following Danny as he's triking around the hotel. Um, just these big, massive shots and then just like tracking the entire time and then there's a point where where jack is obviously later in the movie um spoilers if you haven't seen this movie you should have seen this movie before watching this but um (laughs) as as jack is axing the door i thought that looked so cool because it like it tracked every single time and i thought that was so 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 cool to me i don't i don't know why i just thought it was interesting um but uh, Benny, I, I want to throw it to you. What did you think about the way that they framed this movie? Like, the way that they shot everything, these long panning shots. Give me your opinion, man. So, the way that I really, I really loved everything about that. Um, the biggest thing that I really, like, 
notice like right off the bat when I first saw it because the first time I saw it, I was like, oh, okay, this is an older movie. It was whatever. It was way ahead of its time. Not gonna lie, it was way ahead of its time when it comes to the framing wise and when it comes to the um, actual like shots and everything. So when it came to like the overhead views and stuff, where you of course you saw the helicopter and everything. Yeah. Um, but you just saw like how like it really kind of shows every single little detail of like uh what the actual like hotel and everything had which was really cool because like when it came to the maze it was like there was that little shot that like we were able to see those people like we were able to like see the model the model of the, model of the yeah. maze yeah that was, that was really so cool, cool. I seeing that stuff too so it's just like the fact that they use like little things like that that really kind of just like tied things together like multiple times throughout the movie it's really really cool just to see that stuff so and, and to, piggy, it, to so. piggyback off the cinematography and the setting is that um the hotel layout itself doesn't make any sense and we'll talk about that a little bit but it does it doesn't connect properly but um i'm gonna throw it to you odds what did you think about the shots like the way this movie is framed the setting the scenes well with the helicopter thing not something that i noticed um but it is i obviously i did notice it was an area that there were <laughs> shots <laughs> yeah from the air and obviously like i mentioned before i'm a bit of a marvel fan so obviously now in the modern day i know that how how that would be done these days would be a drone, right? Yeah, yeah. But I was thinking, there's no way, like, back then, <laughs> that would have been how it was done. So, <clears throat> I don't know why I'd, I'd never thought a helicopter could be a thing, but that, <laughs> no, I had no idea how it was done. Um, and the thing with sort of... One thing I'd sort of like to add to what you said, which is a lot to do with tracking, but... Um, the the amount of long shots... Yeah, that it's happened, impressive. It's just, it is absolutely insane. Because you've got to think, right? Everyone, everything has to be perfect for every single second. And, and you know, real quick, real quick, a, a quick uh, fun fact on this is that Stanley Kubrick was notoriously known for his copious amount of takes that he would take for every single scene, every single moment. There, he yeah. hold, This movie holds the Guinness World Record for the longest um or the the most retook scene with dialogue and it's that moment so like he reshot this scene with dialogue like 127 times i think is what it was and it's that scene where jack is kind of leading wendy up the uh the staircase with the baseball bat that scene took 127 tries to get that what stanley kubrick thought was perfect it and is such a good scene it is it is and we'll get into the acting and everything but can you imagine how difficult that is on an actor as a person to have to specifically Shelley Duvall having to stay in that emotional state so like for probably weeks and months and months on end and it's it's so ridiculous we'll talk about it more in there but um man it's just it it's crazy dude and the the fact that he was able to do all these long panning and tracking shots over and over and over and over again it's painstaking man painstaking yeah yeah no honestly and um because you gotta think as a sort of with long shots as well is you've gotta say there's like a long shot which lasts a minute right like a minute is is barely any time at all but when you when you have to focus for a minute and you've got to make sure to do the right things and say the right things and have the right facial expressions throughout the entire minute it's like the longest minute of your entire life right? <laughs> so like and because there were there were first of all the long shots were definitely there were definitely some long shots which were longer than a minute and there were definitely mm. a lot of long shots so it's just it's crazy to see sort of you know how it all sort of how how they've done it and how how it does sort of work and they pulled it off you know very impressive go ahead jonathan um 
Yeah, so there there are a lot of long shots in The Shining, which is known for. You're absolutely mm -hmm. correct. One of the other things that like, and and you may have to like go back to like double check on this now, but mm -hmm. um, I want you to note how few scenes in The Shining with Jack and Wendy together are filmed where you see both of them on camera at the same time. You almost always see them cut back and forth between the mm. two of them. And the one conversation that I was able to quickly pull up that they're having where you see both of them at the same time, you only ever see the face of one and the back of the head of the other if the other is in that shot. Is that uh, the mirror because, shot? Uh, no, they're sitting on the bed having a discussion about yeah. Danny, I believe. Um, and uh, the, the thing I get from that is like there's like body language. And there's your verbal language. And then in movies, you get the other language of just being a spectator in and on something and the language of the cinematographer and what it their shots are saying. And the whole movie, we know that Jack and Wendy have the huge, like, canyon-sized gap in their relationship. And it only grows and grows as they go. Mm -hmm. And so I thought that it was brilliant to almost never have them in the same shot together. Um, and then... As a contrast to that, um, whenever Danny is sharing a scene with one of them, Danny and his adult counterpart, are they're almost always in the shot together. Oh. Whether he's sitting on Jack's knee or That's he's sitting on the bed talking to his mom, you see them together because there's this fight with both of them trying to say, like, I'm deserving to be a parent. More so Jack because he's got a lot more to prove in that yeah. way because he uh, physically assaulted his kid um yeah. prior to the movie taking place yep. but um but yeah just taking note of what the cinematography in this movie says about the individual relationships because then a lot of times when you see like dick o'halloran unless he's having a conversation with like danny dick is in shots with multiple people at one time at multiple points throughout yeah, the movie yeah. because he's this kind of like together open book type person that wants you to know you're welcome um and he's very charismatic he in that is. role too oh yeah yeah, yeah. uh it's a it's a travesty that kubrick felt he needed to kill him off in the movie uh that's not what happened in the book um oh really the, yeah, yeah yeah that's wow. a big point of um, it, it, we'll, we'll get to that for sure yeah. but wow <laughs> That's that's my big takeaway from the cinematography in this movie is just how the shots are framed to show relationships. I'll even go to the red the red bathroom because cinematography is color uh, and lighting I, and all that. Dude, stuff. I love that. I love that set. Like it's, yeah, it's, it, it just it's looks brilliant. so good. Yeah, and it and spoilers, it may show up again in oh, another oh. shining related movie. <laughs> um, but. Uh, the times you see Jack with people in The Shining, and spoiler alerts, is in a room full of ghosts that aren't really yeah. there at the party yeah. scene. And, and in the bathroom, uh, you get the wide shots of him standing in the red bathroom with another human. So you see him interacting in wide shots with multiple people with every person in the movie except for his wife. And I, I, that's one of the most significant takeaways very, for very, me. Very, very, very cool. I didn't even think about the think about that like perspective of things like seeing them in different like it, it cuts to them they're not like on screen together like with their faces that's that's very interesting because i didn't even, i didn't even think about that um yeah. but that's just another thing because i i watched i watched part of the um that documentary you told me to watch at uh, room 237 and yeah. um one of the things they talk about is stanley kubrick's um like subliminal messaging 
like he does all these things that are like very very um subtle that kind of allude to bigger things like like yeah. you're saying like having them having them not appear with their faces on screen together for the most part sh like showcasing the fact that they are they do have that like you said canyon sized gap in their relationship that that thing that is just growing further and further apart between the two of them leading to what ends up happening in the movie and i think i think that's just all these little things they really really pay off and i think it shows because this movie took five years for kubrick to make and that's pretty that's pretty extensive for a movie like that's a, that's a pretty long time um i think it was shot in 56 weeks so a little over a year um apparently there's some sort of like argument there's contention over how long shooting actually took i don't know why <laughs> well why that wasn't like recorded or anything um but the fact that it took that long for him to do all this stuff um like 11 weeks to write the script um and apparently fun fact uh Stephen King wrote him a screenplay that Kubrick didn't even read. Like he literally he grabbed sure. it and just tossed it. Like he did, he gave him one, and Kubrick was like, "Nah, nah, man, nah." Um, and it's it's yeah. We'll get to the contentions between the two of them, but yeah, man. I think all the settings, um, like the scenes, the sets, everything about this is just so cool, and I really see why it's such an iconic movie. Is because it's got these fantastic shots of the maze coming down, the bathroom, the the green bathroom where the woman like her hand grabs the side of the thing and opens up, and it's not what you expect right off the bat. Um, and all of these, uh, it's just, it's just very well done. And the more that I talk about it, I feel like the more that I like this movie. Um, and uh, it's, I, may I make a side note here? Yeah, sure. Another, another wreck. Uh, um, have you seen, it, it ties in, I promise. Have you seen, uh, the shape of water? Anybody? I have. Here? Yeah. Yeah. Um, so in the shape of water, I want you to go back and watch it. One mm -hmm. and one best picture, so it's definitely worth it. Yeah, watch. it's a great movie, guys. If you have, if you haven't seen it, it's worth it. It's worth it. Yeah, What's it's, a good? Uh, Shape, of the Shape of Water, directed by Guillermo del Toro. So um, good. And uh, go back and watch it. And he uses that same color green throughout almost the entire movie. And as the bathroom. Uh, yes, yeah. and it serves basically the exact same purpose that the green huh. in that bathroom served but he takes it and spans it throughout like a whole movie okay. um, um re real quick uh i want to talk um is anyone like super super pressed for time because i know we're running a little long in the tooth i feel like um not no okay cool 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 cool, cool. yeah y'all good um, okay. Yeah, we're good. Okay, cool, 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 cool. So because we might, I know I said an hour to like an hour and a half. We might go a little bit longer, um, just because this will be the first time, and I had to introduce all of you guys. Won't be doing that again as we go through this. Um, so this one might run a little bit longer, and it's fitting because this is probably out of the movies that we're gonna be watching the longest one. So mm -hmm. uh, it makes sense. Um, but yeah, I just think um, I'll definitely go back and I'll check out The Shape of Water again because I don't need an excuse to watch that movie again. It's so so good, so good. Um, but because uh, I saw that the anyway, that's not the same podcast. Um, but I really, I really, really, really loved um, just all these so iconic things that this movie does. And obviously, I just recently saw this movie for the first time. But I have seen the trike scene. I have seen the two girls. I have seen um, this hexagonal seen pattern. Exactly. It's it's, yeah. it's these things that are just so iconic in in media and entertainment. And after seeing the movie. It makes sense as to why, because it's so well done and so so well planned that you can just see the care and dedication that Kubrick takes, regardless of all the like the shitty things that happened on set. Like he definitely made a masterpiece, and and we'll talk a little bit as we get into um, 
the acting performances and the writing and stuff. Um, but I want to know, like, does anyone else have anything to add about like the cinematography and the set? Anything? Um, actually, yeah, both of those things together. You brought up Room Two Three Seven, the documentary. Mm -hmm. um, I mentioned to, when I first brought up to you, had you seen it? And I had mentioned I hadn't seen it uh, myself yet. Um, I went ahead and started it this morning. For nice. anybody watching this that hasn't <laughs> seen that documentary, and forgive me, Corey, if you felt differently, but I made it halfway through before I was just like, this is nothing but a YouTube video that is two hours long about conspiracies with no supporting evidence as to what any one given thing in The Shining means. Uh, That's fair. Kubrick, That's fair. Yeah, Kubrick was clearly a very deliberate person. If you've seen more than one of his movies, then you see kind of the deliberation that this man goes through. He's known to be perhaps the greatest filmmaker of, of all time. Uh, but some of the things that they start going in on that they say are symbolism in The Shining, I think <clears throat> are just nothing but pure coincidence. And that's okay. Sometimes things can be coincidental and it's all right. So, um, so if we, you guys if you guys haven't seen it, um, sorry, friendly, that's not happening in the chat today. Um, so um, if you haven't seen it, um, go ahead and refund that odds. Um, if you yeah, if yeah, you yeah. have not seen the uh, if you have not seen that, um, it might be worth watching just for the funniness of the of the documentary. Okay, so because you did laugh. Perfect. It, it is definitely like because <laughs> they're they're talking about. Like, um, obviously it is mentioned in passing that the place that this takes place on a, um, an Indian burial ground or something like that. Right. Um, but then they get really, really, really into that idea about like, I, you'll, you'll have to see the documentary. If you've seen the shining, it's almost worth watching this just, just to see the craziness that this documentary one, is. One crazy example. Here you go. Cause you guys were talking specifically about this. They tried to relay the staircase scene with the baseball bat to being the equivalent of sacrifices at uh, the the pyramids in the during the Mayan rule, and it's just like, Whoa. yeah, that's so that's <laughs> such bullshit. How hard did you have to think to come up with this apocalypto theory? Like, Dude, it's like comparing it's so it to um, it's like comparing it to the this is Sparta scene. It's yeah, like, that's what we're doing. It's, yeah. it's like, it's, it's the same action, but it's not the same thing. Exactly. It's so exactly. funny. It's so funny, man. And honestly, we oh, could probably, know. we could probably do a whole nother podcast just shitting on that documentary because <laughs> I swear they, there was a couple of things that I thought were interesting about it, but they do go into these crazy conspiracy theories about it and it has no merit. Um, yeah. But like, like uh, one of the things that was very interesting to me on the documentary was the way they talked about the layout of the hotel because that was interesting. That was pretty yeah. accurate, I thought. Um, yeah. Because <clears throat> um, someone mentioned this earlier in the chat. I think it was Thomas um, that he was saying that when you when Jack walks in at the beginning of the movie to the general manager's hotel or to his room, his office, he goes in there. There's a window right there, and you see very clearly outside that there's a window, and it's like there's trees and like brush and light and stuff, but. When you watch Danny do his triking scene, he goes around that corner, and Jack goes around that. They all go around that corner in the movie, and it's like, it's just, it's another, it's a, it's a wall. There's no window there. It's just inside the hotel, and it's like th these inconsistencies are very, very, um, yeah. Um, Thomas said in the live chat, there's also a scene from the very beginning where there's a window showing the outside, but you can see a hallway go to the back of the room, so there should not be a window there, and that's correct, because it, it I don't know why Kubrick had no desire to, like, make this correct, and I guess it doesn't really matter, it's just not consistent, 
think maybe that's a place where I would agree that there was some sort of deliberate attempt to you make so? the hotel make no sense. Yeah, because Jack's losing his mind, mm. and he's losing his mind because of the history at the Overlook. Um, Fair. Kind of. One could one could go as far as to say that the spirit of the Overlook is possessing Jack, um, and I think that in that sense it makes sense that uh, the the geography of the hotel is kind yeah. of jacked up. Um, and, <laughs> but, but that's just that's just me saying like, hey, I could understand that theory. There could, there's literally no there no merit necessarily to it but it's it fair, just kind of makes sense to me that that would actually be a choice and i another and i think thing... go on Hans. go on all right well another thing that i picked up on was obviously you know <clears throat> his slow descent into madness right and obviously at the start of the movie it was very sunny it was you know outside there was loads of greenery there was everything but as he sort of descended into insanity obviously just the surrounding like weather went into the winter right but it's sort of like with that the color theme changes as well right mm -hmm. from a very bright and vibrant place with a lot of like bright colors to black and white and snowy and you know and you, you can sort of like it sort of like follows blue his <laughs> yeah because it sort of follows him as he goes down and sort of becomes more of a darker person and yeah. stuff and yeah, and um yeah, and I want to go ahead and I want to. We can use this to transition right into the acting because, holy fucking shit, dude! I, I, in my in my opinion, I, I'll go ahead and I'll kick it off. I think almost all around the board, almost completely. There's a couple things that we can talk about that are like with Danny, of course, he's a child actor who does I think still an amazing job. Um, mm -hmm. But man, the the acting in this movie is like top notch. <laughs> like I think everybody does a fantastic job. Um, between from Jack Nicholson to Shelley Duvall and man Shelley Duvall like upon seeing the second time and realizing what she has to go through it is so impressive the performance that she gives because she has unarguably said this is her most difficult role and like you said Jonathan in the beginning this is probably why we don't see her too much anymore um is because of this movie because they 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 Stanley Kubrick pushed Shelley Duvall so hard to get this performance out of her to do this sort of thing and it's absolutely insane every single person like I said in this movie I think has a fantastic job there are some moments with Danny that I think are a little yeah but of course he's a child actor but for the most part I think he does really really well he's what five years six years old in this movie or five or something like that I think five. It's really, it's really impressive because there's he has this like when he's just walking around and when he's doing stuff when he's not doing like the crazy like uh, shit when he's like foaming at the mouth and stuff. Um, like he, it, yeah, exactly, exactly. He's got he's got this like for a kid he's got this like gravitas to him where he's walking around he looks like he's like he's standing upright. He's like, very he, mature. Yeah, yeah, he, he is. Very smart. It, it's very impressive. Very impressive. Um. For someone that young to pull that off um asking these questions and talking about this stuff and then um this whole thing with tony was his idea that was not in the book that was not um kubrick's idea or anything he was the one he was like when i when i talk to tony i want to use this it was like it was really it was really interesting i think that's a pretty cool pretty good job but obviously this is one of jack nicholson's like defining performances as an actor and it's absolutely because i i haven't seen um 
one flew over the cuckoo's nest which is another one of his that is um super defining but man he he is incredible in this movie um and eating all those cheese sandwiches man they, they really paid off <laughs> go ahead jonathan i want i want your opinion on the acting well, I, I would be. I'm just gonna start with Shelley. I'd be remiss. I I, I want to say, Kubrick uh, certainly got a hell of a performance out of Shelley Duvall. Um, but the record would show that he didn't necessarily treat her the way he did exclusively for a performance. I think he just. I think they just outright didn't like each other. Um, uh, yeah. So she she was she was mistreated, uh, but she still put in work. All, and considering also that they rewrote her character's personality entirely different than it was in the novel. In the novel, mm. she is this uh, she one. I believe she's blonde too, which is kind of irrelevant. <laughs> but but um, uh, she was created to be this kind of stereotypical female hero for what they well hell what they still make them look like where it's this like blonde lady and she she had yeah. all this gusto about her well then you watch the movie and she's and, not like that yeah and she's not like that at all they play her as a weakling um and it it feels when you know the the contrast between the characters it feels so much more deliberate that they're doing this and, and she handles it so well and in the end of course you know they do end up making this harrowing escape and they they do survive the terror of her husband but um so she knocks it out of the park obviously a defining role for jack nicholson um it kind of surprises me that i don't think anybody in this movie won an academy award for their performance really let me find uh, out keep, keep which talking is crazy I'll find out. um but uh at the very least i would hope somebody got nominated but the academy has long hated horror movies so who knows um and then danny yeah danny's good uh Scatman Crothers, uh, fantastic, charismatic. Uh, so many things could be said about him. You know, of course they they uh, take him out a little earlier than uh, the book, which is to say that the book didn't take him out. Um, and I would have loved to have him on screen more. But um, as far as the performances we do get, I would say that yeah, the one place that only occasionally falls short was in uh, Danny's performances. But mm -hmm. you get that when you have actors that are that young yeah. sometimes. wow so <laughs> i don't see any i don't see any oscar nominations like at all i unless i'm not looking at this right but there's there's saturn awards i don't know what a saturn award is at all um but there's saturn it's it won saturn saturn awards i guess I don't, I don't know what that is but something interesting that i wanted to bring up is i don't know if you guys are familiar with the razzies the razzies are like yeah. awards that people that i don't know what organization does it but they give out like for like the the most shit stuff in movies, <laughs> and and um, Shelley Duvall has a nominee for worst actress, and Stanley Kubrick has a nominee for worst director, which is really that interesting is to wild. me. Um, and I, I I obviously I personally think as as an actor and as knowing what it takes to bring a performance like that, I I could sort of see where you're like, oh, what is she doing? But like when you when you see like what she's going through, and you think about the 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 like the massive amount of effort that this took it's just impressive um obviously i mean again it could come down to the fact that they it wasn't who the book said she was supposed to be perhaps um maybe these Razzie guys are big fans <laughs> of the shinings uh of stephen king it's possible but yeah I don't, I don't see them winning any oscars or even being nominated 
which is even though it's a horror movie, uh, still kind of surprised me because Kubrick, I think even then was still heralded as this master filmmaker. Um, so it's strange that they kind of turn their noses up at it, but that's, mm. that's really how horror gets treated even today with like movies like hereditary. Um, but yeah. Yeah. Crazy. Go ahead, Benny. Yeah. Uh, of course, like when it comes to the acting and everything, I thought that of course I'm going to say, yeah, they all did really well, but there were definitely those, um, there were those scenes that each one of them have at least one or two scenes that they just like really just shined in like, <laughs> No pun intended, nice. but nice. Yeah. shine, you say? <laughs> so, of course, so of course, you know. Uh, so literally, it's a thing where all of them had those moments where they were just like showing off their real, really, really good. Just I shouldn't say really good acting abilities. Yeah, you could say that, but like uh, when it comes to their, um, let's see. In particular, let's talk about Danny first. Uh, yeah. Danny had really good. Um, he had really good scenes whenever he was talking as Tony, or he had really good scenes when he was uh, basically showing how scared he was about, like, what was going on with Jack and everything. So he had really, really good scenes like that, as well as the uh, May scene. I thought that was really good. Only thing I didn't really like, necessarily, was, like, how when he was going through, like, when he was getting to the very end, he was, like, uh, taking his steps back and everything, doing what he normally does to kind of get away from him and everything. Um, he really did not show any really like emotion at all he was just <laughs> and then he was done but i was like okay it's fine it's whatever it's fine um but he did really good overall um and then wendy the person who played wendy she did phenomenal like of yeah. course we understand that like they're like in comparison to like the uh bug versus this this is kind of night and day when it comes to her um, but it's the thing where she still made it seem as though, like, she was trying to be brave for Danny, which is really cool seeing, yeah. like, how she was really showing her, uh, like, her motherly instincts and everything were really, truly kicking in and everything. It was really cool to just see, like, it was, she made it seem like it was just, like, an average mother who was just trying to help out her kid. At first, uh, escape yeah. And everything, of course, of <laughs> course. But, um, it's just really cool to see, like, how, um she actually like it seemed as though like she was truly terrified like not just acting but like truly terrified with what was going on and everything so that was really just cool seeing like how she was able to handle that stuff um then uh jack he definitely Man, definitely dude. i will say was the star of everything like his whole entire like the transition from when he first started to like when he got to the very very end and stuff and was a very very big like lunatic and everything um his transition like his slow uh progress or slow digression i guess uh into madness and everything was really really portrayed like excellent like mm -hmm. it was insane just to see like the whole entire like it was even his facial expressions, his facial expressions, his uh, demeanor, everything about him, his body language and everything. Well, that's like, that is Jack Nicholson, to... though. Like, that is, like, yeah, that's, yeah, his, that's his, his face, you know what I mean? He always, like, the eyebrows, he always uses his, like, entire face so of course. effectively. And that was amazing. Oh, yeah. And with that, like, he's had that chance to be able to, like, he was transitioning from, like, being this just, like, he wasn't necessarily like, the happiest person in the world when they first came in either. Mm. But, like, he was a little bit more uh, peppier during that time, but then he started getting more and more, like, psychotic peppy 
and then he started getting really psychotic overall and just kept on trans uh transitioning to that point where he got too like really psychotic and like i'm going to kill everyone type of uh motive and stuff so it was really cool just like seeing that transition from him and everything so um but yeah i mean other than that every single i would say loki every single actor and actress had amazing amazing acting even the even the woman in the um bathroom scene and stuff that was literally <laughs> insane regardless because like it was cool like that one's more or less the cinematic like change of stuff when um she was making out with jack and everything and um like you just saw just his face but like you saw the back of her head um, you saw the transition, everything. Yeah, That's like more cinematic, of course. Really but you saw the transition in her hand first, and then you're like, okay. Then you start seeing her body and everything, and then it just changes up completely. That's insane. But like, it was really cool the fact that like, I'm not gonna be like, oh yeah, she did an amazing job. I she didn't really do that much of anything, but it's fine. Um, <laughs> but it was just the fact that like, um, she was portraying as this really crazy lady. But then when he came, like when Jack Nicholson, when he came back and he was, or not Jack Nicholson, oh, I was right. When he came back uh, to Wendy and everything, and he was like, uh, yeah, I didn't see a single thing. Even his face in that, like he really just kind of sold it and was like, oh yeah, you guys are just crazy, basically. It was really cool seeing that, so. But yeah, that's how I thought about the acting. It was amazing, I thought, so. I agree, it was very, 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 very well done. Uh, odds, you can go ahead and throw it up if you want. Uh, yeah, well, I mean, um, I feel like a lot has been said, so I'll sort of try and add something new. But I and feel free, main... you guys can, like, chime in. Like, it doesn't have to be, like, yeah, yeah. roundtable. My, sort of, my main thing, right, and this is a thing that's I sort of have with everything, and I don't think it's a very popular sort of, like, opinion or outlook on movies. But when there's a bad guy, when there's a villain in a story, this is the same with, in Marvel, actually, um... But if when with this movie as well, obviously, uh, when there's a when there's a villain, and they genuinely make you hate them, hmm. that character will always be my favorite character in the entire movie. <laughs> Just because, like, because obviously you spend the entire movie hating them, but then you look back at it and you think, obviously the credits roll and stuff, and you're like, hold on, this is just a movie, isn't it? So like, when it, you know, you don't, you can't really, you know, the more that you hate them the more you've sort of got to admit that you love them for, like, what a good job they did. Yeah, yeah. for sure. And I, I think with Jack, 100%, I just, I was like, this guy, fucking hell, dude, he's completely losing. <laughs> like, this guy, fucking hell, honestly. Um, I mean, that's like every actor's great dilemma is, like, if, if I'm faced with, and the other actors here can obviously, you can all disagree, but uh, if I'm faced with the choice, like, do I want to play the hero or the villain, then, like, odds is saying, like, I'm probably gonna go with the the cool villain like nine yeah. times out of ten. Yeah, it's definitely no, way more interesting to, to portray that and to to kind of talk about that sort of character because obviously in everyday life we're just people who go about doing things we try to be good people for the most part do things like to help others um, but it's so much more interesting to see a villain do his thing and kind of shine again uh, <laughs> in 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 that role. Uh, so are we are we taking shots every time we say that? <laughs> so um, uh, I never talked about what we were drinking, but I'm sorry. What are you drinking, Jonathan? <laughs> no, I'm not drinking anything. Are we supposed to be drinking? <laughs> Do I need to catch up? Fucking hell. Uh, I'm actually drinking, drinking. Uh, this is look at that smart water <laughs> over there. <laughs> I, I'm drinking. Uh, 
little Evan Williams bottled in bond. People Ooh, think Evan okay. Williams is a uh, cheap whiskey, and price-wise it is, but bottled in bond <laughs> is a 128 proof, so it gets the Ooh. job Jeez. <laughs> Nice, dude. Nice. Um, I'm just rocking this classic uh, non-sponsored Mountain Dew Rise Energy Drink, Peach Mango Dawn. Um, Sponsored Mountain Dew. Yeah, if you want a sponsor, come on, come on, come on, come on. Please, 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 (laughs) please, please. Uh, I've been trying to get them to sponsor me the entire time. (laughs) But... um, so, I mean, yeah, I mean, obviously it's e- it's easy to say that everybody does so well in this movie and it is it's very admirable about what they're doing and what they're what they're bringing to the table and I think it is it is absolutely outrageous that none of these actors won any sort of awards for this role, especially Jack Nicholson. Like this is definitely one of his mm-hmm. best performances and it's so it's it's just so crazy that they didn't get recognized for it. But like Jonathan said, it's probably it comes down to the fact that um You've got these issues with the Academy Awards not wanting to recognize horror movies. And until recently, they weren't really, really, within the last, like, ten years or so, they weren't really recognizing, like, hero, superhero movies either. But that also goes to the fact that they weren't as good until recently, I feel like. Um, yeah, yeah, no, definitely. Um, but but horror add, movies, yeah. To add a couple more th- just to add one more thing, I would sort of, you know. Uh, one thing that I don't think anybody's brought up yet is the two sisters. And I think... They are genuinely my favorite two characters. I suppose, you know, Ooh, obviously, I'm only supposed to have one favorite character, but I suppose they are, in a way, just one character, right? Because you always see them together. And I think they're sisters in real life as well, aren't they? I'm not uh, 100% sure, actually. Sure. But probably. I think they might be. They probably are. Um, It'd be crazy if not the but, case. <laughs> but it's just... They never really... You know, the closest... To, I feel like the closest the whole movie came to a jump scare was when... Um, Danny like sort of turned the corner on his his little scooter thing, and they were both mm. sort of standing there. It wasn't that scary, but you know it was sort of quite creepy. But the way that they're just synchronized with everything, with what they say and sort of where they walk, how they walk, and yeah, you know, because sure. you you can sort of tell that they're definitely not real. <laughs> they're definitely like the ghost <laughs> or a spirit or something. Yeah, but I agree. It's crazy. It's crazy just because everything that they do and say is is completely in sync, and that. They are generally, yeah, my favorite characters of the entire thing. Hmm. Yeah, honestly, it's insane. All right. So I want to go ahead and I want to throw it over to Jonathan because I want him to kind of talk about this more so because I am not well-versed in the novel whatsoever. Um, So I don't know the differences between the adaptation and the actual novel itself. Um, So I wanted to talk about the writing, the story itself. Um... But I wanted to give Jonathan kind of like the lead here and tell me about the uh, the novel differences between the two of them. Um, so I guess what I could have done was cheated and pulled up a internet list, but I didn't do that. Um, some of the notable ones, um, like I talked about, um, the characterization of Wendy um, is really probably the biggest because I like probably a lot of people read the shining after the movie came Mm. out um i find that uh the characterization in the movie is almost more interesting because it doesn't have this final girl vibe like slasher movies have Mm. where like you have your female lead you know that she's gonna survive um she doesn't really get an arc most of the time she's a vehicle for plot um this making her uh, more meek um both 
both in personality and choosing somebody that looks vulnerable. And I don't mean that as an insult to Shelly Duvall. Um, but you're right, it's 100%. Just, she, yeah, it's just she she has that air about her um, in a very charismatic way. She's a great actress. Um, but uh, that adds a depth to it because now I'm not sure if I'm not familiar with the story, if I come into this blind, I'm not sure this lady's making out of it. She doesn't give she doesn't give me any sort of sign that she's making it out alive. Um, and so that she does makes her have kind of a built-in arc where she starts as somebody that you're just like, oh, if somebody shows up with an axe, this lady's dead. Um, and then at the end, her and her son are the survivors of this, I, I want to say massacre, but at the gr in the grand scheme of things, he killed one person right yeah he killed yeah. one person the entire yeah. time there which is the other crazy thing about calling it a horror movie rolling back a little bit is that one person uh gets killed in this entire movie we see a lot of dead people but only mm. one person dies um well technically two, two right? people, two people yeah, died. Yeah, yeah. only one person is m murdered yeah um, yeah yeah and so that's that's an interesting way to look at it but um some other things um like the alcoholism of Jack is ramped up a lot more in the novel as to why he is the way he is. It's a lot more a commentary on addiction than the movie pans out to be. Um, I actually think that the pacing of the movie is better, even though it's a, for a movie it's more deliberately paced, but I think the pacing is better. I find it scarier than the book. Uh, and again, that could be that could hinge on the characterization of the characters themselves. Um, the other one I touched on was Dick O'Halloran doesn't die in the book. Uh, and as a matter of fact, he survives to come back in the sequel. Um, that's crazy to me that they, that's such a, like, because yeah. he's such uh, a cool well, so character. Stanley Kubrick, I, uh, I believe, killed him because of his contention for Stephen King. It was one of those things where he deliberately chose to make a decision counter to the book uh, to be petty, essentially. And yeah. so he then commits one of film's greatest cliches in doing so. Um, and so it kind of, there's, it's kind of a bit of, detr of a detractor. Um, it gets back on track, but for me, it's just like, okay. Um, so that's a that's a big one. Um, yeah, I, I think I think just through contextual things that we've said, I've hit mm. on a lot of them. The yeah. room numbers different, um, but obviously there was a more real world reason for why the room number is different. Of course. Um, yeah. yeah, there's not there's not a lot more that I can think of off the top of my head because you even actually brought up some yourself, like the finger thing. Um, yeah. But th those are the big ones that I can think of. I have to find a list uh, i'll tell you i did read one more um i read okay, that cool. um in the in the in the beginning when you see that uh jack is driving this like yellow um beetle uh volkswagen all the way up the the mountainside um apparently in the book it's actually red and one of the things that uh stanley kubrick wanted to do is that this is very very metaphorical here is that he wanted to say to stephen king that this is no longer his vehicle. This is now my vehicle here because he changed that whole thing where it's like, this is now my movie. This is my story now. Um, so you can get your shit out of here, basically, is what he was saying to Stephen yeah. King because there was so much contention between the two of them. And um, for what it's worth, I mean, the movie's obviously I've not read the book, so it might not be the perfect adaptation, but the movie's still 
flourished and uh, did its yeah. job and made and it was so well done that uh, when it comes down to it, it's it is very interesting behind the scenes. But he still Stanley Kubrick still did a fantastic job. However, uh, painstakingly yeah. that he pushed his actors, whatever all the shitty things that he did behind scene to people, um, and the, the dislike, the contention between Stephen King and between himself and Shel- um, um, Shelley Duvall, yeah. um, it's shitty. But it made for a great movie, so it's well, like to to show you uh, again another. And this is not a Room Two Thirty Seven type conspiracy, but you bring up that the car they end up using is a yellow car. Mm. Um, and and as a note on his deliberate uh, way of going about things, again, yellow is used as this color of betrayal. Um, and so to make it a yellow huh. car. For him to say, "Hey, guess what, dude? I stole your your shit. It's mine now." Um, feels very deliberate, as well. Oh wow! I didn't e- I didn't even know that as a color scheme thing in general. Um, very interesting. Um, but yeah, so I mean, uh, overall, I think that's uh, like I said, it makes for a really good movie. Um, sucks that they didn't get along. Maybe it could have been a really fantastic adaptation. But for what it's worth, the movie came out really, really, really well. Um, and I kind of wanted to go to transition into that fact, unless any of you guys have anything pressing to say about the movie as well. Um, I wanted to talk about where this kind of lands in, like, your movie list, like, your your greatest hits, like, that sort of thing. Like, um, where does this rank, like, r- r- roundabout, about where, like, compared to other movies, if you understand what I'm saying. Like, um, Jonathan, I'll go ahead and let you take the lead. Um... For me, it's a um, tough question. yeah, no, no. You know what? I actually have a quick way of of quick referencing uh, where this does and does not land. Oh, the app undownloaded itself. Apple. Um, I'm pretty <laughs> sure. I, I. It's not even. It's not in my top ten favorites. Not mm-hmm. because I don't love it. I think at this point, based there's on, just so it's many pretty movies. clear that I feel. Yeah, there's a lot of there's a lot of movies. Um, I don't know that it's in my top ten overall movies. Top ten horror movies, uh, probably yeah, for sure it's up there, probably in the top five. Um, but yeah, if, if I'm just playing the rank game as far as things I like to watch, it's probably not even top ten. Mm. Uh, if I really think about it and think of best movies, which is vastly different than favorite, um, for sure, for sure. Then I would probably say that it is one of the top ten best based on the cultural impact that it had and it had that cultural impact not because people were laughing and goofing at th- how ridiculous it it is because it's not um but it had the cultural impact because it was executed very 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 well and i think that speaks to kubrick despite the fact that he uh was a bit of a miser about a lot of things i think it speaks highly of him that he made this decision to be subversive to the source material, not for dramatic improval, but because he wanted to, because he wanted to make a point, and <laughs> it still carries on the legacy that it does uh, in spite of those things, if not, as I kind of said earlier, something else because of those things. For sure, man. I agree. I agree. Um, Odds, I want to throw it to you because I know obviously this is not your your genre, your your thing. So hit me with it, man. Hit me with your brutality. Oh, it was absolutely shit. No, I'm kidding. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't know. I'd say definitely I'm the same in that it's definitely not in my top 10. When it comes to top 10 horror 
and thriller and stuff i definitely have a list but i don't i don't even think i've watched 10 horror movies in my entire life to be honest. so this by um, default makes it by default is in my yeah top t- top 10 or top however many horror movies i've watched um, hey we're gonna be watching three more this month so you'll have a little but, yeah no true true there. true uh, to be fair even if i had watched 10 horror movies i will say it was a very good movie you know definitely at the end of the day. um one thing that i suppose oh i'm so the... sorry i'm so sorry to cut you off but i have got to get this out there because i i had this question the entire time and i completely forgot about it until this moment what the fuck is up with that pig costume, that bear costume that that, that dude. Oh, oh yeah, dude. <laughs> Wait a second, like, hold on, hold on. I almost completely forgot about it. But what the fuck was all of that about? <laughs> Does anybody have any clue? You know, I haven't heard anything about uh, the meaning behind it, nor do I remember if it made the book. Um, I actually need to watch the movie now because there's the... Uh, some of the the camera operators they have commentary on the DVD. I need to mm-hmm. watch that. Mm-hmm. They might say something about it. But it definitely had a lasting impact as well. Because for anyone that may have uh, maybe thirty seconds to Mars fans, which I'm not a huge one, but mm-hmm. their song the the kill or the killing was Jared Leto's take on The Shining. And in the music video, they have like the same thing. Somebody's in a room with somebody in an animal costume. It's very <laughs> furry esque. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Uh, I think it may have been. Just one of those things, like sometimes when I'm writing something, I'm like, I ask myself, like, what doesn't, I'm not asking myself what makes sense. I'm saying what in this moment is going to throw the audience off and I don't need to provide a reason because I'm the (laughs) fucking creator of this thing. And it it very much feels like one of those moments because you don't look back and go, that, that's what the, you know, all the times I've seen it, I've never looked at it and gone, that's what the, the. The stuffed animal, the, the, the bear, right? Yeah, he's got his butt flap just, open, and <laughs> yeah, I, I really think it's just that. It's to make you sit there and go, "What the fuck?" Honestly, I, that's the point, and they, they, it worked. I think it worked. It, it did. It did, and, and I, I want to read my notes off real quick because um, in the first take that I did this, I have written down guy in bear costume question mark what the fuck question mark and then then second viewing i have guy in bear costume all capitals what the fuck question 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 Kubrick (laughs) is doing this in his grave right now he's fucking like oh Oh, like honestly dude it it threw that's what gave me whiplash i'll tell you damn dude like we talk about the score and everything but like that came out of nowhere and it just like smacked me across the face i was just like taps uh, odds is odds is freaked out by ladies getting their skin ripped off, and Corey is freaked out by people dressed as teddy bears and their butts showing. Gotcha. Well, I mean, oh, yeah, yeah, he was also performing you some acts there. there, there so. are sometimes, it's more sense. You know how there are sometimes points in movies where it's like you watch it, you see it, you think, "What the fuck?" And then, you, but you don't. When you sort of like finish the movie and look back at it, unless you've taken notes like Sully, you have. I just didn't remember it. So, like when I watched it the second time and I saw it again, I was like. Oh yeah, that happened. <laughs> and I, just, I was still, I still had no idea. You know, I just, I just, I, just, I needed oh, to make sure God. I hit on that. Benny, do you have anything to say on? <laughs> um, on that. So when I was watching it again today, I was like, I still don't understand. And I'm very glad of the fact that you brought that up because I do not understand. Still, I've been trying to figure that out for the longest time. I even tried looking it up, and it didn't really give me anything. It just said that. It was there, and I was like, 
no that does not no, help me at no, all no, and no, i was no. like all right cool, so i mean whatever yeah, yeah. i mean but, gosh. Yeah, but no in actuality though i definitely did when i was watching it i was like okay this is this is gonna be something that's really gonna be like uh big or something because it was like leading up to something and then all of a sudden it just showed that and i was like uh, uh what <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay i guess it makes no works. sense <laughs> just, like, i was like just... i was gonna have someone or something that like we've seen in the movie before or like something that's gonna like hint at like the people the group of people in the gold room or something like that like Something like that, but then all of a sudden this, I was like, uh, oh. Nah, you know, it's uh, it's okay. Kub- Kubrick was sitting there railing lines, and he was like, I've got an idea! Like, this is what we're doing. <laughs> like, that's all, that, I mean, that, there's no other explanation in my mind. Like, what oh, yeah. he just, he's just, it, like Jonathan said, it's one of those where he just wants to be like, what the fuck? <laughs> like, and then that's oh, yeah. it. That's it. Like, we came up with it on a Tuesday, I would imagine. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Had to have been. That's the only explanation. Um, but oh, yeah. to, to go back to you, Odds, yeah, I mean, you're saying that it's, like, by default in your top ten horror movies, yeah, yeah. but, but, um, like, overall, on your second viewing, you thought... I definitely understood it a lot more. Uh, one thing I was gonna say, which is something I've been wanting to say, pulling it back to the fun facts, is I don't know if you guys have ever seen Ready Player One, mm. yeah, there is yeah, yeah. a part in Ready Player One when... They have they're investigating something and they go into the world of the shining, and so obviously I've seen that, and so when when Sally obviously you came up to me and you were like, hey, can you be in this podcast? Obviously mm. you're gonna have to watch these movies. And I said, yeah. The amount of things that I saw that I sort of knew about, and especially at the end with the painting with all of the people, that is something that I recognized, right? And not because mm. obviously in Ready Player One, the sort of creator guy in ready play one was in that image as well and i thought that's crazy because that's actually another thing that i wanted to talk about as well actually is that painting what what like what is that you mean the the picture at the end where the, the where... picture where he's like in it and it's yeah like from the party. 1921 um yeah. so yeah. I'll, I'll just i'll say in my my perspective like because obviously i don't know shit but um, is he like way... part, part of the curse now then or i i else? think i think that um that whole thing about his whole descent into madness was was the overlook like claiming Jack, if that makes sense. Like, cause yeah. at the end, obviously he becomes completely frozen in ice, and he's which real quick. That's obviously a meme that I've seen everywhere. Um, I always yeah. thought that was Jim Carrey and not Jack Nicholson. Fun fact. <laughs> but then when, when I saw it, I was like, oh. Oh, okay. Um, but but anyway, um, I thought I I thought it was like yeah, the Overlook was claiming Jack, and it leads into what um um Grady Brady Grady right was saying in the bathroom is that um I've always been here, you've always been here. Like his Jack's whole life was leading to him being taken by the Overlook, um, and it probably has something to do with the fact that why Danny is shining, why he has this shine. It probably has some sort of connection that Jack was always destined to be taken by the overlook and to become part of the uh like odd said the curse um and that that haunting because it is like the whole hotel itself is a haunting ground or like maybe like some sort of metaphor for like the afterlife or some shit like that um but i think i think it was um that's that's my take on it and that he was always destined to be there so it's like he just became part of the lore i guess to just finish up my thoughts is um I'm definitely more of a fan of like modern movies with higher budgets and drones and all of that, whatever. Like I say, I'm a bit of a Marvel fan, right? So 
when it comes to sort of comparing it to other thriller movies that I've watched, which have been released more recently, I definitely prefer those. Hmm. However, I think because what you said, John, right, was my list of favorite movies and my list of best movies. I would rate The Shining higher as a best movie, but obviously all of these other movies, which are more modern, as like my more favorite movies. So uh, yeah, that, that's my that's my thought on okay. that. Okay. I guess. I love the odds asked for that question. I keep doing this thing like I'm in the Brady Bunch opening, where I'm like, so he's he's like cute. he's down to your he's left, I think. Me? Oh, this is yeah. weird. Okay. So 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 if you it's stream like, on there, we go this so way and then down this way. No, the the other way, the other way, the other way. That way. Yeah, that way. Yeah, that's it. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, wait, hold on. Which way am I looking? Yeah. You got it. Um, but um, there you go. <laughs> Perfect. But, uh, oh my lord. I love you asked the question about that picture because I don't know that it's actually made explicitly clear either, and I like uh, Corey's explanation. Um, it's always been for me one of those things that I just kind of accepted is like uh, this picture is a yearbook of the Overlook Hotel and it happens to be a yearbook that all the people in that picture are there forever. Mm-hmm. Um, very Italian talk with my hands thing. Um, <laughs> but uh, I think that the sequel – uh, there's some things just I avoid referencing the sequel, but obviously I will never. I'm not going to dive deep into any of them. But I think that the sequel may clear it up in terms of its treatment of that in the movie because okay. I've only read three quarters of the book. I don't know that the book ends with the photograph thing. But um, when Mike Flanagan, who wrote and directed the sequel movie, adapted loosely from the novel. He went to Stephen King, their friends, and he went to Stephen King and said, "Hey, I'm making a movie per the rights that you sold, and um, I would like your permission to make it a sequel to the Shining movie more than a sequel to the book, so that people that have mostly seen the movie, which is going to be more people than have read the book, hmm. can enjoy it in equal capacity." And so he took a lot of stuff from the book and then melded in a lot of stuff from the movie as well. So you get you kind of he kind of satisfies both audiences. And without spoiling anything, there may be a point in which you get the answer to that question. Odd. Mm-hmm. So watching the sequel, which again, like I said, I think you might like a lot more. Um, yeah. I think that you may find an answer there. With your we, recommendation, I think I probably will. To be honest, yeah, we'll probably we'll probably watch it because I haven't seen it either. Uh, yeah, we watch right. a lot of things for the first time together. All right, Benny. Quite cute. Shut up. All right, hit <laughs> <laughs> me with it. Okay, when it comes to my list, um, I definitely say The Shining is. I, I definitely agree with both odds, and I bo- I agree with uh, John as well. When it comes to, uh, when it comes to The Shining, I would say that it's not necessarily in my top 10 when it comes to like my favorite movies of course i have a ton of movies that i could definitely say are my True. favorite movies but when it comes to like the actual like the best movie i definitely would have to put it up higher i wouldn't necessarily say that i would put it within my top five necessarily i'll say maybe around well i'll say top seven ish uh but i would say it's definitely within the top 10 regardless but uh, i just definitely love the fact that like it it uses so many aspects 
for the movie. So like when it comes to like the score, when it comes to like their specific acting, when it comes to everything, I really just love the fact that they really can tie everything together and kind of make it make it into as good of a movie or as great of a movie as it is. Um, when it comes to horror movies in general, I would that's tough because like I've seen a lot of horror movies and I love horror movies. Mm. Um, for the horror aspect, I definitely wouldn't say that it would be in top 10. But if I were saying like the suspenseful thriller slash horror aspect, I would say it it would probably be ten somewhere around yeah. there. Because it's, um, like, it's because like it's like it's not it's not um it's not scare it's not like scary it's yes. horrifying if that makes yes, exactly. sense. Like the events that are happening are horrifying, but it's not like making me jump every single time, you know? Exactly. No, yeah, because the first time I ever saw it, I maybe jumped twice or something like that, and that was because I was younger, too. I was like, I don't even know how old I was. Yeah, and one of my jumps was was Tuesday, so. (laughs) I mean, if that's telling you (laughs) anything. No, yeah, I get that. So that's what I'm saying. Like, it wasn't that type of movie that was just, like, too scary or too... It was very suspenseful when I first saw it because I was like, oh, okay, this is going to be... It's going to jump at me and do this random thing, but then there were little scenes, like the bear scene that made no sense to me when i first saw it. i was like huh what is this okay so that kind of ruined my like idea of that first and then like uh the here's johnny part like all that stuff like when i first saw that i remember i was like okay um there's johnny i guess i was like okay and then he just left and i was like um okay because like he left to go downstairs i was like yeah yeah. okay whatever whatever but no yeah in all actuality i would say that regardless it would still be within the top 10 for my best movies and i would say it is like 10th when it comes to like horror slash thriller slash suspenseful type movie and then it ends up becoming a little bit of an echo chamber here i think we all pretty much agree in the same way that like it is such an incredibly well-made movie and that's what i said at the beginning is that whether or not you like this movie it is undeniably a well-made movie um and it's like it's everything from the cinematography to the score to the acting is just so incredible but it's i think what happens to the fact that again what odd said is not very modern um and i think that's something that we are more used to nowadays is the excitement and like the quick pacing of movies um whereas this is definitely a slow burn and it doesn't necessarily appeal to like our favorite type of thing but everything about this movie is just so well done that you can't not admire it and i think that's why it does fall onto that best movies list but not necessarily your favorite i think we can all agree on that it is a very well-made movie but it's not necessarily what we're all used to in the modern age of filmmaking and entertainment where we're binge watching things on netflix and we're going 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 and getting force feeding all this fast-paced content into our bellies and just enjoying all of the stuff that is being created so quickly um whereas this is definitely a, more of an artful slow burn and it is amazing and it's, it's very impressive for what everything that it did um and i think that's it's very 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 cool very cool um we have been tasked to hydrate so take your drink and take a sip uh, it's like it's like when they say right that um uh, like you can chat shit about it if you like but then you just end up looking stupid right <laughs> yeah. like you can try it's like the documentary that you mentioned before right just mm-hmm. just making really terrible points like you like physically you know verbally you are able to do so 
for sure. But then everyone just sort of looks at you and they think, like, you know, did we watch the same thing? Or are you just... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. 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 Okay, yeah. Okay, um, anyone else have any closing statements on The Shining specifically? Because I'm going to talk about a little bit of some other stuff after. Um, watch it if you haven't watched it. Yes. Um, and if you're still here and haven't watched it, what do you do? Everything has been spoiling for you now. Watch it in 4K if you have the option. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Um, it, it looks much newer than the 40 years that it has been around. Um, Honestly. And, uh, yeah, that's, that's all. Just watch it in 4K if you can. Yeah. I know not yeah. everybody's got the privilege, but if you can, do it. And if you ever see the What's up, guys? Um, little quick technical fix here. It looks like something happened with the the Twitch VOD when I tried to download it and uh, cut off at some point right before we finally finished recording the uh, podcast today. But um, I'm going to go ahead and add a little addendum in here. It cut off right when we were kind of wrapping things up. But quick announcement. Um, next week, we are going to be reviewing Alien by Ridley Scott. So it's going to be a lot of fun. Um, please try to make sure that you've seen the movie um, beforehand. Obviously, that just makes the... Uh, the conversation a little bit more engaging with a live audience um if you're catching this on youtube later make sure you put that comment down there throw me a follow would mean the world to me sorry a subscription i think it's called on youtube i'm new guys it's okay we're rolling with it um but i appreciate all your love and support and again make sure that next sunday 1 p.m eastern standard time that is october 17th as it is um, 1 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on twitch.tv slash sallygames um, or catch it later on twitch.tv slash sallygames in the VODs collection or catch it on YouTube youtube.com slash you guessed it sallygames thanks for all the love and support guys I'll see you next time alright